Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. This week, we have Brandon Smith on as our guest. We're so grateful to have you on, and as well as Chaplain Jim Parkin and myself, yeah. Asha Chandler. So, welcome <clears throat> back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. We've been trying to set this up for a while, and I just am so unorganized in most things that I often... on what. So, what happens, man, is like on Tuesday, I'm like, oh, podcast is tomorrow. I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> So now, though, now with with my position up here at MMR, we have I have we have you this week and then the assistant VP next week and then the VP the week after that. That's awesome. And so nice. now I have stuff scheduled out. Yeah. So what we're going to get into tonight. So uh, we're going to honor your dad, man. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Because. And I was kind of, you know, I was thinking about this episode and with that, you know, I, I think just naturally with this discussion, we'll get into legacy. And so I was doing the math today or last night, really, in my head. And I've been actually between my time in the Army and with fire service and EMS, I've actually been in service for 27 and a half years. And then I'm 52. So that was like more than half my life I've been been doing the thing you know yep me too me too about 20 20 ish years so and like can you think of anything else that you would like i can't i sincerely can't think of another thing that i would have wanted to spend my life doing not at all i mean i i toy with the idea you know it works sometimes it gets frustrating it's like you know i'm gonna go sell cars but at the end of the day, that that would never actually happen. Oh man! So, yeah. <laughs> they would never happen. Like I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, this is it's the world I was raised in, and right, you know, it's kind of what I was born and meant to do, I guess. So, That's awesome. yeah. So now, did did your dad was he in the military as well, or no? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. But he was just like his entire life. It seems like he was in service to his community in one way, shape, or form. Yep, absolutely. So at 18, as soon as he was old enough to jump into it, he did. He was a dispatcher first and then went on to the police academy and then, I mean, did the whole thing his entire life. I mean, there was, same with him, there was nothing he ever could have imagined doing differently as a career or anything. I mean, it was always about service to the community and stuff like that. So that's just that's how he lived his life. That's what, And that's what we all grew up watching right. him do. Right. You know, so. And what's interesting too is so, my dad, he passed away when I was 28. He died in 1998. Different because he had been battling Alzheimer's. He had like early onset Alzheimer's. I think today, like kind of in the modern era, if they were able to research it, it probably would have been more of like a CTE issue. Mm-hmm. You know, because we grew up riding dirt bikes and he crashed his quite a bit. Right. You know? And it was just different times, different equipment. Yeah. But so it was this long process of of it just seems dad's not right until he's now he's kind of out of control. We can't keep him like in the house. He would, he'd escape and stuff. So we would have like alarms on the doors and then, and then it ends up, he's got to be in a nursing home. 
And then gradually now there was like probably for the last five years, he had no idea who any of us were, mm-hmm. you know? And then he, when he passes away, it's still shocking. But at the same time, there's so much mixed emotion with that too. Right. Yeah. Cause it was, you're almost like, man, just let this dude be out of his, out of this misery. Right. But then also this weird kind of guilt for like, am I like actually praying for my old man to die? And I, <laughs> now I feel relieved because he has died. And so there was like all kinds of that emotion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but he did not do, he was a Marine. He was a Marine drill sergeant in the era where guys would be getting ready to go to Korea. Oh, okay. He was actually court-martialed for throwing a beatdown on a kid who, who told him he was an objector. Oh. And you, right. you know, you remember. Oh, Those, yeah. Some things you just don't tell your drill sergeant. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of them. So, like, and nothing came of it. He was fine. Didn't really. But he, he for sure, yeah, the full court-martial. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, kind of funny. Yeah, super funny. I just now found out about this, like probably a year ago. My mom was like this and that, and he was court-martialed. And I was like, Skirt, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, this kid said he wasn't going to go, and your dad threw him a beating. I'm like, oh, makes a lot of sense. But he worked oh, wow, for That was that era, though. Right. You know? Yeah. He worked for GM and regretted it. So it was the kind of thing, mm-hmm. like I said, I was super young. I feel like 28's not old. And, but he left us with enough to get us through all these years. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. So his legacy is with us, but he definitely, he worked for Pontiac and kind of like the white collar thing, you know? So we'd move Mm -hmm. a lot and he just, he hated it, dude. Like hated it. And would always be like, do not do this. Do not. Yep. You know, so. Similar, it's just that he didn't take the path. He just, he directed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my younger brother was in the Army. My older brother did not because all he wanted to do was be, and this is before, way before Top Gun, but he just wanted to be a naval aviator. <laughs> and when he couldn't because of his vision, he was like, nah, sc- <sighs> screw that. So, I think at one time we all wanted to be naval aviators yes thanks of to top gun i mean it was uh-huh. you know there was all all of us men there was at some point that's what we wanted to do because uh-huh. tom cruise made it look cool so oh, yeah you know it's dumb dude so so i saw that back in the day and of course and then like just before i went in the army i had gone with a buddy to see remember navy seals with charlie sheen <laughs> yeah <laughs> then it was that oh, i'm gonna do that because that's real yep. Because you just like, actually, there's a scene, if you haven't seen that movie, where they're driving over a bridge in a Jeep and Charlie Sheen just jumps out of the Jeep off the bridge into the water. <laughs> and so instantly, I'm like, oh, that's plausible. I know <laughs> that job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he gets fed up with the conversation and just <laughs> this oh, giant. Oh, that's why it's just, not even part yeah. of the mission. He just gets. Uh, no. He's just he's tired <laughs> yeah. of the conversation. He's oh, with his two seal God. buddies, and they're talking about relationship relationships or whatever. And Charlie Sheen's like, "No, I'm good." It just jumps out of the jeep oh, off the bridge uh-huh. in the ocean or whatever. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. But <clears throat> yeah. So so let's so so he did. So your dad was. I didn't, I didn't realize that he was a police officer as well. Mm-hmm. 
And then, yeah. so he started off as a dispatcher in the city of Grand Blanc, um, went to the police academy. He was a police officer, city of Grand Blanc for a number of years, got promoted to detective, did that. And then but he was a firefighter the whole time. Right. Um, he became a firefighter. Same with Monk Larry. They were both firefighters together on Grand Lake Fire Department. Um, and he left the law enforcement side and got into the code enforcement building inspecting and all that stuff for the city. Did that for a number of years. Uh, and then the, <clears throat> I can't remember what year this was. I want to say 2000, early 2000s, because it's right when I joined Grand Lake Fire, he had just taken over was about to take over as the fire chief out in Fenton. Yep. So yes, yes, he, yes, I remember that. Yep, he was doing that. And he was actually in the old where the fire hall restaurant is now. That's yeah. the fire station. That's and that's where really he started. Cool. That's yeah, really that's cool. where he started, ushered them into the new building that they're, you know, they're currently housed in today. Oh wow. Um and then he did that for a couple of years. And then for health reasons, he left and got back to the building inspecting, but did it for a private company. Um and they did that until he retired. What is it's funny though because when I joined, well, I remember being a kid and my dad teaching rookie firefighters, mm-hmm. and one of them was Troy Branchow. So I was, really? yeah, I was the guy, I was the victim <laughs> that Troy had to find during search and rescue. So then when I became a firefighter, Troy was, I think he was a captain at the time. Yeah, I think yeah. So then he there he is training me, and it's like you know my dad trained you, so that was kind of a cool, that is so cool. little yeah kind of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he worked for Safe Built forever. Um, he was the building official for Troy South Lion. I mean, a whole other host of municipalities, and then he retired. Um, was in Costa Rica, and then he got that that call the. Start Grand Blank City Fire Department, Ashley, and this is yeah. cool because we had like seven days. No, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> it was, it was but a short amount of time. I remember was, you saying it was, it was like very yeah. short. how long it was, was 90, that? ninety days. <clears throat> ninety days to start from scratch with with nothing. Um, this is and it's kind funny of exaggerated dad, from a storytelling for you, Ashley. So basically, <laughs> well, Jim Wiegand this- always says he never lets the facts ruin a good story. So, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, we'll just go with it. So forever, like when I first got in the fire service, Grand Blank Fire was this Grand Blank Fire and it covered the okay. city and the township. And then they made some moves and there was like this weird, like they hired a bunch of um, engineers. So there'd be five full-time guys and the rest of us would have to pick up shifts and all these changes were happening. Were you on a department for any of that? I was there when it was first being discussed and talked about picking up the full-time guys, but then I left in 2006, and that's when I went in the Army. So I left right, right before all of that kind of came to fruition. So Right. So, okay. so that was a move. And then at that time, I had taken time because I was just deep with on the medical side. So I would kind of stepped away from the fire department. Then they they make this move so you could pick up shifts and just do like an eight hour shift. And I did that for a little bit. And then it just got all the politics within an apartment and stuff kind of start happening. And then they've done that for a cycle. Then it's back up to vote for a millage. And I'm like 80% sure I have this correct, but the township got theirs. And then I think the mayor put theirs on the later in the, like the November ballot and got it. And then the township, kind of was like, well, we're going to dissolve the fire commission. 
which mm-hmm. was like the party that governed us all. And we're going to take your millage and then contract, like the city will contract to the township and we'll cover you. And the way I like to tell the story is the mayor shot the dude double fingers and said, actually, no, you're going to get out of my building and I'm going to start my own department. Like yep, I said, what? I've embellished a little. <laughs> oh I mean, that, But for somebody that the, doesn't understand all that stuff, that just sounds like crazy talk. Like, I don't understand, like, half of what you just said, Jim. So it's just – that stuff is frustrating to me. Right. I'm like, at the end of the day, like, we just need fire for our citizens. Right. Right, and that, and that was pretty much the way of it. I mean, it was – the township basically came back to the city and said, you're going to give us all your millage money and you're going to contract with us, like Jim said. But the city came back and said, wait a minute, our millage is X amount of dollars. Show me where it costs X amount of dollars for you to run calls in the city. And so that was an argument for a little while. The township basically said, well, there, here's the deal. You can either contract with us or start your own. So the mayor and the city manager said, we'll start our own. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they, they called my dad and, Nasty. He was in, like I said, he was retained my stepmom. Both retired. They were spending the winter in Costa Rica because they wanted to be snowbirds, but they didn't want to be your typical ones. Just went to Florida. They had to go <laughs> Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, you know, all this stuff. But they called him and asked, hey, you know, would it be possible for us to start our own fire department? My dad's like, yeah, of course. You know, there's a lot of things involved with it. But yeah, for the amount of money that you have in the village, absolutely be done. I guess they called him back the next day and said, hey, do you want the job? Do you want to do it? So... You know, my stepmom had worked for the city of Graham like for 30 years, too. She was a city treasurer. I mean, she worked there forever. So she had deep roots in the city as well. And I remember it was like February of 2019. Mm -hmm. My dad sent me a message on Facebook. Said, hey, do you know anybody that's, you know, wants to get back into the fire service, get back in the game or whatever, you know, besides yourself? And I said, well, yeah, absolutely. I was like, I might know a couple guys, right? I mean, there's everybody. All of us have a guy for something, right? Yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, well, I I might have an opportunity. I said, okay, what is it? He's like, well, I'll tell you when I get back. Well, he wasn't coming back until March. So and this is like February. Because my dad, like, my dad played things close to the best. Like, this just just how That's he was. He's like, funny. Yeah, he's like, come see me when I get back. We'll talk about it. So he gets back, and he was living. they were living at Beaverton at the time. And I go up there, and I'm all excited, right? Like, what's this? What's this thing? And he, tell, he breaks down the whole story. I mean, he got into the whole politics of it and, you know, some of the things that happened. And. He's like, so the city wants to start their own. And he said, I told them I'll do it. But the first thing I'm going to do is bring my son on as the captain. And he's like, do you want to do it? I said, absolutely. He goes, hold on. Before you say yes, we only have 90 days. I said, what, what, what do you mean? We'll, I was like, what do you mean we only have 90 days? Like, I was like, what, what do we have? Do we have anything? He's like, we don't have anything. He's like, we got me and now we got you. He's like, we don't have a building. We don't have trucks. We don't have guys. We don't have or, you know, firefighters. We don't have equipment. Nothing. But I mean, and the next day he called the mayor. I think it was like the next day. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. And we went to work. I mean, it yeah, was. Dude. So where did you get equipment from? Like, did you buy just some bought news it. for it? Like, we're just, just bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So, got to go through and buy it. Yep. So we so, knew some of the distributors and but people that's that like sold going to Walmart and just buying a truck. You know what I mean? Like that funny story. Kind of for Dennis. Smith, it seems like it is. So yeah, I'm just saying. So funny story. They actually have it's once a year. They do it down to Novi. You can go down there and it's just fire trucks that are for sale. Like it's in the no, it's in the convention center down there. Yeah. You go on there and it's just, it's like you're shopping at Walmart, but it's fire trucks and you're just walking around. So cool. 
They okay, serve the next drinks. time this happens, I'm going to go to this because this is <laughs> That's insane. rad, dude. Yeah, they serve drinks. So you're walking around imbibing some alcohol while purchasing fire trucks. I mean, it's, you know, you walk like, oh, that one's 2.5 million. Okay, no, that's not in the budget. Let's let's go find this one. <laughs> right. But a lot of the problem was, and, and Jim knows this, whenever departments are purchasing new trucks, they usually spec them out over a course of time. It could take a year or two to actually build them right. and get them. And we're telling the guys like, hey, listen, we're interested in this truck, this truck, whatever. It's like, okay, well, here's the time frame. He's like, no, 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 no. I got 90 days. And the look on all of these salespeople's faces are like, what? That's just not done. He's like, well, it's going to be. Like, cause that's just how my dad was too. He's like, yeah. it may not be how it's been done before, but that's how you're going to do it now. And we did. And when we got, even, even the turnout gear takes at least six weeks, if not mm-hmm. longer to get one set of gear. And somehow I, I, I don't know. He, the way he did it was just, he, he was very good at getting people to. Right, man. And it was, it was like, done. and like, so kind of to circle back, I remember hearing of him and just because him and harms would chirp, you know, they chirp each other back and forth. <laughs> yep. But like with, when the, he was building out the station in Fenton, that's when I like started hearing the name and stuff like that. And so for my side of this, Ashley, so this process has started. So now we got a chief and a captain and then for those of us who had left Grand Blank Fire, because it was just no longer any fun, no one really wanted to deal with the inner politics or any of that. So words on the street that this is about to happen. So Pete Alexander, a buddy of mine, he lives in my neighborhood here. He calls me up. He's like, hey, this is about to go down. And I'm like, who's going to be the chief? You know, he's like Dennis Smith. I'm like, here's his number. Give him a call if you're in. And I called him. I said, hey. You know, I'm just seriously, hey, chief, I hear it. I texted, actually, because, you know, I don't like talking on the phone. I hear, I hear there's an opportunity to to the city fire department. He hits me back, yes, there is. And I was like, I'm in. And he's like, cool, come see me tomorrow. I'll be at the city offices. And that was the extent, that was my interview via text. <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounds and about it just right. then we just built, like, literally this dude just came in in 90 days built a full-on department that's phenomenal well that says that says a lot about him a lot about uh, i mean what the whole idea behind people being willing to follow the guy because of the mission he's on and the confidence and the drive Mm -hmm. that he knows that this Mm -hmm. is what he's doing and people are like yeah sign me up i don't even need you to give me directions and all the details i'm in i'm in yeah so that says a lot about him well, and it was it was an amazing process to watch and to to be a part of, um, and just to sit back and watch this thing kind of unfold. I mean, because we didn't take possession of the fire station until the night before we were supposed to go live. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, we didn't we got the keys the night before we had to go in, clean the whole place, and the whole move everything in, get everything in. And I mean, it was, and we were pushing right to the. I mean. I'm not exaggerating when we say like the last minute before we went live at midnight that night for the services to turn over to the city, we were still, I mean, it was, but wow, he did it. But you know, same thing, like the word got out, you know, there were obviously some people that were pretty upset about it, you know, but for the most part, people that had left like Jim and Pete and some other guys were like, yep, we're here. Like, you mm-hmm. know, because it came from that sense of service, right? They just wanted yeah. to serve the city. They didn't yeah. want to do with the politics. They didn't want to, you know, I remember my dad being like, Hey, so this guy, uh, 
this guy Jim Parkin texted me and said, you know, he used to work for Graham Blank, blah blah blah. And you know, did you work with him? I was like, yeah, I knew him. I was like, don't hire him. He's not. Let's don't don't bring him on. But, <laughs> I'm kidding. I said absolutely. <laughs> then he said, then he said Pete was talking about it, and I actually met that day when he met with Pete and John. I was there that day. I was like, yeah, bring them too. I was like, I learned from all three of those guys. Like they helped teach me and train me when I was here before. You know, they all be great additions. So, and then I think our goal, my dad and I's goal, was to have at least five certified firefighters when we started, or at least a roster of five. Um, so seven, including me and him. And I think when we started, we had twenty guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. So, and they weren't all certified. We had to put a bunch to the academy too. But yeah, um, you know, but still, it was just people kind of came out of the woodwork to right. just jump on it's cool to see that it's cool to see and especially in kind of the the days we're living in it's Mm -hmm. cool to see that there's still people out there that when it when the call goes out they'll be yeah i'm in i don't know what that is but i'll do it yep you know and a lot of the guys that's what it was man they're like no clue but i'll do it Mm -hmm. i will say i will say serving with with you guys this last time and, and like because I have a neck injury I can't do fire anymore you know so mm-hmm. still their chaplain but but that was the best time honest honestly that was the best time in my career in the fire service just watching that thing go so fast yep it did too it, uh, it was I mean from everything even you know when we had we did that accelerated academy for all mm-hmm. the new guys too. I mean, that was another thing, you know, the fire Academy is typically what, six months, I think is what it's, what's that mm-hmm. now we got it. We got that knocked out in three and a half, four months. Like, I mean, it was just, we found a guy, you know, him and another guy, they teach academies. We're like, Hey, listen, this is what we need. We got to have these guys done, trained, certified and tested by this day. And he's like, okay, we'll get it done. And you know, it's like, praise to the guys that went through it because they had a lot of long days and long hours and, Mm-hmm. weekends and they sacrificed a lot of their time to be able to get it done and they all did it they all showed up and made it work and most of them are still there so mm-hmm. um yeah. you know so it was you know so we had cops too that i think i think rhino was the only certified one at the time right um but then we had a couple of cops that came even the chief of police came over mm-hmm. went through the fire academy and got certified i mean it was just this whole community thing just kind of came together and that was my dad's thing that he always wanted it to be when we first started it was the first conversation we had is he wanted it to be that old school community fire department mm-hmm. where your cops are on it your you know other people that are involved in the community and to have it be that kind of that central hub where firefighters come to their families can come to you get together and do cookouts you're eating together the community come to and and it it happened and yeah you know, it's still happening today. So you know, it was pretty great. It was yeah. pretty amazing. It was, it was an amazing time for sure. And that is honestly, Ashley, that's why I'm chaplain right there. Because Chief Smith, I was like just walking into a training one Monday night. He said, hey, come in here. And he said, hey, I'd really like to have the department have a chaplain. You want like, do you want to be the chaplain? I'm like, yeah. Like, what do you need from me? He's like, whatever you say. So that's, that's why I went to Pastor Jim. I said, just they just need a letter on file saying that you're kind of yeah, and that was it. No, yeah. that, that was, was just 
he was very much a guy that was like you said, Brandon, that was just like, okay, this is going to happen. So, and then that's it. It's really, it was really a cool time. You know, that was, that was his thing is I remember being a kid going to his office when he was working as a building inspector, he had this sign up in his office that said, I'm not interested in why it can't be done. I'm interested in how you're going to do it. And I saw that come to full fruition putting that fire department together with him because people were telling him, oh, it can't be done that way. It can't be done that way. And he'd sit there and go, I don't care that it can't. This is what you're going to do. This is this is what we have to do. Like, we don't have a choice. And, right. you know, it was – and I remember I remember one day sitting I'm you know sitting on, on the phone calls. He's calling tool guys and gear manufacturers and truck manufacturers. And I could hear them saying, listen, that's just not how it's done. And him telling him, well, this is what has to happen. And I remember I, I had this, like, weird, like, flashback – to being that kid sitting in his office over at city hall and seeing that sign behind his head. I'm like, there it is right there. Like he's living that, you know, it wasn't just a cool plaque on the wall. You know I mean? That's really what he believed in, you know, and this is how he was, this is what we're going to do. And by God, we're going to get it done. And you know, we did, or he did, he did most of the work. I just, you know, but it was, yeah, it was pretty fan. It was pretty awesome to see and be a part of, so it's amazing what can come together when people stop thinking about all the boxes and they just (laughs) start going for it. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of innovation over time because people just got on the bandwagon to do some crazy cool thing, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. (laughs) That was wild times. And then what's cool too, is that it wasn't just, like a lot of times in the fire service, you and I know this because we work for Chief Harms. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll never hear this episode, so I feel confident in saying this. But <laughs> if you know, you know. But like, right? He was very. He a lot of times actually, chiefs are very territorial. Okay. And they're very much. This is my thing, and I will always be here. I'm not going to relinquish this. I believe, like, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe with all of my heart that your dad's mission was to get it started and dip out. Yep. That was, that was the deal was when he signed on for it, he told the mayor, the city manager, everybody, I will do this for one year. After that, I'm done. He's like, I've I've lived my, I've served my whole life. It's time for me to enjoy my retirement and, you know, enjoy it with, you know, my wife. And that's, I will do it for one year. And then he's like, you know, he's cause he'd, he'd had a plan that he'd be there. You know, we'd start off in June and then by winter time, he wanted to have an assistant chief. And the plan was to groom that assistant chief to eventually take over for him. And that was the plan kind of moving forward. Well, they got a little messed up, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they still have a great chief in there now. Um, mm-hmm. So, but that was that was it. That was the deal. I will do this for one year. After that, he's like, I will get you started. I will get you rolling. I'll make sure you're on a set glide path to continue growing and building. But after that. I'm out. It's time for me to go be retired. And like you said, most chiefs aren't that way. Like Mm -hmm. you said, I mean, it's like, this is mine. Nobody else is going to touch it. This is my ball. Nobody gets to play with it. And you know, that, that wasn't my dad. He, he knew he was there for a single singular purpose. And that was that. Right. But yeah, it's, I remember those harms days for sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Wow. I think, they created the word bipolar because of him. Oh, no. Just saying. 
mean, what? I mean, you might, you might not be wrong. <laughs> I can remember Ashley. So along, so I'm in a training. Like we're in training, and there's usually how it works is you have a business meeting because it's only once a month, right? Or two okay. or three times a month, I guess. But you'd have a business meeting because you're not always there. So you're not always getting information. So on training nights, the first probably 45 minutes would be him letting us know what's going on, what's going on with this guy who kind of pissed him off in this sort of way. And like, if you weren't careful, if you weren't focused, like sometimes I have a tendency not to be when it's just when I don't care about the politics of the township Mm -hmm. and I would tune out. So there's a night where he was talking and I was clearly not paying attention. So he asked me, Mr. Parkin, are you paying attention? And I go, nope. And he like flipped the, the thing and freaked out. <laughs> told me uh, to go home, then not go home. We have training. And it's, but it would be like that drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. Everything seemingly was going just, it was just swimming. And then all of a sudden, He's flipping tables. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Remember when we did that class, Jim, and you had broken your your hand? Oh god! Can you imagine yeah. doing like meetings with him? He, he like, wouldn't. Have, yeah. So I had broke my hand. So I had like the the splint on, and we were in this. We were going to this class, and so I'd sit. Yeah, but it was like right, right. So my the splint made my hands like this, pretty much. So I was sitting <laughs> nice. like this, and the guy was constantly like, "What." I'm like, no, my hand's not up. Yeah, you know, I was I was in the same boat when we were starting the fire department. I had broken my hand in my full time job, so mine was like this. I think is like how mine was stuck for the whole time, you know. And I remember, you know, doing stuff and whatever. Or once we finally went live, like it was it was a battle that me and my dad would have. Like you can't go. Like you you're out of work right now. Like you can't go yeah. on these calls. You can't. Yeah, you're not getting paid and whatever. I'm like, yeah, but. Just I have to. He's like, nope, 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 nope. And so it was uh-huh. this huge like argument. He's like, listen, he's like, you are out of work for an injury that you got at work. You can't be working someplace else. I was like, well, just don't pay me. He goes, no, that's not the thing. He's like, <laughs> it's he's the like, optics. He's like, I, that's what he said. He's like, it's the optics. He's like, I need you here. I don't need you getting in trouble, you know. And yeah, he's like, so I get it. He's like, I know you want to do this thing and be out there and whatever. He's like, but just get healed up first and you know, then you'll be fine. But it was the same thing, like trying to get all that done and do all that stuff. And I'm walking around with this giant cast on my hand, like, yeah, we're starting a fire department. I can't use both my hands, but Hey, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it'll be fine. Though, though, man. Right. When you have yeah. that thing in you, mm-hmm. or you just can't help it. When I broke my hand, I started, I learned how to do IVs left-handed. And there I told my boss, I can do IVs lefty. doesn't matter. Like my partner can do all the lifting. I'll be fine. I can lift one handed. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. You're like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not how that works. But, yeah. but it's just, you know, when you have that, that service thing in you, it's just, mm-hmm. it's this thing that I mean, admittedly, I know, you know, this, like you sometimes can't control it and gets the better of it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I remember a couple of different scenes we were on or even at trainings, Remember when we had those houses right behind the station that we were using for training and stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, he's IC or even on fires, you know, he's IC and I'm doing operations and there'd be times I would just feel his hand on the back of my coat, like 
pulling me backwards. He's like, you need to be back over here. I'm like, but my guys are, my guys are in there. Like my people are over here. I need to be up there. He's like, no, he's like, you're back here. He's like, you're not one of those anymore. I'm like, that's never going to change. Like, Right. I can't. I like. I remember we were at. I think it was a fire in Kings Point, maybe or something. And I'm staying at the door, yelling back to him and our assistant chief at the time. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, we all have radios. I don't know why I'm yelling from the door, but I didn't want to leave yes. the door because my fire guys service, were inside. Man, that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, I had a crew inside. And I'm just standing at the door, yelling back to them, and they're looking at me like, I don't know. I don't know. So then I'm just, like yelling stuff over the radio, and it, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. So finally, I had to walk back there. He's like, "See, this is why you're supposed to be back here." I'm like, but that, okay. Just that calm too, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, all right. Uh, Fine. (laughs) But yeah, it never goes away. Mm -mm. So how long has it been now since that, since it started? Um, Two years. That's what I thought. I thought it was only like two years. Yeah, June of 19. June. April, May, June. April, May, June. Yeah, June of 19 is when we went live. So, um, yeah. So, and they're doing great. Yeah, they are. They are. They're still. They're doing great things. I think they've got a new, new truck coming in. I know they ordered one. I talked yeah, to got, Chief Shiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, so. he's and he's another one of those guys. He's one of those chiefs. that's for the community and mm-hmm. don't know how he did it, but they're paying like a dollar a month to lease a truck that's in there <laughs> until until the one is built and we have it. Like, yep. you know. It's cool, man. It's cool to have had a life where I've been surrounded by people who just want to be in service. You know what I mean? And just Definitely. make that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that was the thing is I, like I said, I watched it my whole life, you know, and then I jumped into it too. And part of me, like, cause I became a firefighter at 18 and, you know, at that time, I mean, you know how this is like 18 years old dads and sons, you don't really get along very well. Right. No. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, so I went and joined the fire department and it instantly just gave us that common ground to stand on. And it just, you know, went from there. And he was, you know, the one thing I do regret though, is he used to teach the fire science classes at Mott. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never took any classes because at the time I was anti going to college. So I was like, nope, nope, nope. So that was one thing I, I do kind of regret not doing. Cause you know, I mean, I've sat through other of his trainings and stuff, but to see him in that, cause at the end of the day, as much as he loved the fire service and love the community teaching was his thing. Cool. He would never pass up the opportunity to drop some knowledge on somebody to teach somebody mm-hmm. something. Didn't matter what, whether it was about fire or, you know, fishing or, I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, anything. Right. And so that was, that was kind of the one thing uh, I regret. But I remember when my younger sister got married, my dad was a fire chief out in Fenton at the time. We're all going, we leave the ceremony, we're all going to the reception. And when I was a firefighter before, I'd always dreamed about being on a scene with my dad, right? Like that was always kind of this goal. So we're waiting in line to get to the reception, wherever they're doing the reception. And we're sitting there, we're in traffic forever. It's me, my sisters, and her husband and all this stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? So I hop out of the limo and I go run up there. Well, there was a rollover accident right at the entrance of where we were going to go get to the to the reception hall or whatever. And I see my dad out there and He's got this black tux on, right? And my sister chose like this weird lavender purple thing for us to wear, right? So we got, and <laughs> I'm wearing it too, right? So, but it wasn't like your normal lavender. It was like this, I don't know. So he, here, we're both there in these black tuxes with lavender bow ties and the things. 
held it out of this rollover accident. I was like, well, it's not the same thing, but at least, yeah, it's <laughs> at, least we're, at least we're on the call together, you know, looking so, good while we're doing it. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, I'm like, who's going to crawl on the ground to get under there? Cause we got tuxes on. Luckily, I mean, Fenton Township showed up, took care of it, but yeah, yeah. it was just kind of funny. Like, that is really I always funny. imagine being on a scene, but not in a tuxedo. But, you know, here we are. So, <laughs> yeah, cool, though. yeah it, was pretty, it, it was pretty, right. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So, yep. Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, well. yeah, man. Good times. Absolutely. And so now, like, it seemed like all of a sudden for me that you're in a Flint PD uniform. I didn't even know <laughs> that was the thing. It was like, it was like, I was literally Ashley, how it feels to me is like, I ran one call on the Ambo at Hurley and I came back another call and here's this guy. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, I think, I think there was a day business? that I think on the one ride along, I think, I think I did meet you, Brandon. But it was like so quick and everybody it's so funny because Oh, it's yeah. There's the little like eight year old kid in me that when I see an officer, I'm like, Oh, pay attention. Like, don't <laughs> get in trouble. <laughs> you know? So it's right. just it's just funny. It's just funny. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those citizens that would just cry if you pulled me over because I'm like so nervous, but I don't want to be the lady crier because I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm trying to get out of ticket or anything like that. But yeah, that's me. I it's great, but no, I do, yeah. I do think that there is, I forget, I, I remember the house that we were at, but I don't remember what we were at the house for, though, Jim. But I think it was, I forget it's, what day it was, but. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so, oh, I love it. I mean, it was, it was probably the best decision I've ever made. You know, I mean, I was at the county for four years, um, left there. I was doing, I was working for, you know him, Steve Hernandez. I was working mm-hmm. for him for a couple months. Um, you know, but I went to the police academy through the sheriff's office and I was working in the courts during COVID. So I wasn't actually okay. doing police work. Um, and then I lost you guys. Hold on. My kid oh, was trying to call me. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Flint. I want to go be police. I'm going to go to Flint. So I start the process of Flint, sign the offer letter. Um, or no, I hadn't signed it. And that's when Hernandez called me and said, Hey, I need you to come run my, my GSOC or my Intel center. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna do that instead. So told Flint, listen, I'm not coming. I got this offer in the private sector. I'm going to go do that. But I, I went down there and I, I love Hernandez. I've known him forever. He's a great dude, but I still had this itch to go be a cop, right. To like be police. Like I still had yeah. to do it. So I emailed the recruiter and I was like, Hey, listen, I already went through the whole process, got to the offer letter portion. Like, can, you know, is it still possible for me to come back? He said, yeah, go take a drug test. You're in. He's like, because you already did everything else. I was like, yeah, background's done. Everything's done. Like, he's like, go take a drug test and we'll get you in here. And I've been there. It was a year on the 16th of this month. So it's been, it's been a wild ride out there. So what part of it? What part of it wanting to go into law enforcement? Uh, it was just something I always wanted to do as a, you know, as a kid growing up. One, you know, my dad was a cop in Grand Blank and I remember watching him do it, but it was just always, I always had three goals to be a cop, a firefighter and be in the military. And that's awesome. You know, so now and then I've you done also, all three. And, so you went into the army after being at the fire department too? Like mm-hmm. after being, yeah. So you, yep. that's awesome. Yep. So I became a firefighter at 18. I joined the army at 23. Okay. Got out at 33. And then, um, 
and not that I had written the fire service off because I I had been on the smaller volunteer departments while I was still in the army, um, and I got out and I was kind of just kind of just floating around, not really finding that fire department I wanted mm-hmm. to go to, and um, and then that opportunity came up to start the city department, and you know jump back in with both feet, and then yeah, I was still at the county then. Uh, and then it was like, you know what? I still have to go do this cop thing. Like, like, there's still one more goal that has to be realized. Like, let me, let me get this done. And it's the best, best decision I ever made. Well, that's really cool. Cause I know we've heard from, I forget who else we talked to that just made that decision later on in life. Mm-hmm. I, I think that at least for myself, you know, a lot of people put pressure on like, well, I didn't do this back in the day. Like I didn't start doing piano lessons, you know, so now I can never learn piano or I never, you know, did this. Right. So I think that's really encouraging for folks that maybe they started doing it one way and then realized, you know what, this it just isn't. Or maybe like you said, there's just another, there's other things that I want to accomplish and be a part of, you know, well, I think it helps too. And I, this, I don't mean to sound any kind of way with this, but being the fact that I'm almost 40 and just starting off as a cop, I don't have that young, like yeah. I'm yeah. invincible bulletproof mentality. Right. It's like, no, 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 right. no, let's, let's take our time for a second here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, like, you yeah. know, it kind of bring a little bit more life experience to the table as opposed to just running in blind and, you know, right. kind of yeah, take that moment of pause. Point. But It's extremely so, yeah, man. What? So, yeah, that's cool. You know, like, as you know, that I recently switched agencies myself, man. Like mm-hmm. I was telling the other day. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes make a make a change is the best possible thing you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I love it's, it. It's, it's weird, too, because, you know, I was at the I was at Swartz for so long and they never really got behind any of the side hustle, mm-hmm. any of the lighthouse experiment stuff. None of it. Never even, you know, but like I'm on, we have like vice presidents and like the top three in the company want to come on the show. They want to like, whatever you're doing, you can continue to do. You have our full support. Like, nice. Which is, which has been cool, you know, but it's, yeah. Well, that's the way it should be. I mean, it, you know, and you guys know as well as I do, you invest in your people, right? Right. And the things that they're doing, they're going to turn around and, invest in you and the right. company that they work for or agency or, you know, however you want to put it. And, you know, I can tell you it's been my experience since I've been out. That's not always been the case. You know, they right. want you to invest in their thing, but not put that much back into you. And, you know, as whereas Flint does that, I mean, they, for all the woes that are there in that city, I mean, they, our department still takes care of us. You know, they still do a great job. They still look out for us because they know that, you know, we're out there, running our tails off all night and yeah. you know stuff like that and they they do their they do the best that they can to look out for us and do what they got to do and you know plus we have amazing same thing and you know, we've got amazing leadership from the top down you know i'm right. not just saying that i'm not just saying that because one of them might hear this one day like it's i honestly <laughs> believe it like they well, we have amazing yeah. leadership from the top on you know from the chief all the way down to our shift lieutenants and sergeants and stuff like that i mean they're they're top notch so. Right. You know, and it's funny, too, that you mentioned that because, you know, a few years ago, that documentary came out about Flint PD and everyone kind of mm-hmm. either you either like it and appreciate it or you throw it shade. But I can remember like early on, like in like the opening segment of the first episode, one of the officers said something to me that was not to me, but said something. And <clears throat> in my opinion, it was so poignant 
and so important for the city. He just said, show me another group of officers in any other city in America in this situation that could do this. Mm-hmm. And at that time is when I think they had like 99 officers, 99 sworn officers for upwards of 100,000 citizens. Yep. I mean, you know we're not I'm, we're not that far off now. It's numbers right. are still relatively the same, but yeah. And what's interesting is is they would show like just how long it takes to get to a call, and you guys are just going from call to call to call to call. Mm-hmm. And now the EMS system in the city is in the same well, in the county really is in the same mess. Mm-hmm. Now we're actually there'll be calls like priority one you know, dad's having a heart attack holding 20 minutes, 25 minutes, like, cause there's just not enough of us. And we're just, and now that's us call to call after call, after call, after call. You know, I've seen, I've seen it out there. I mean, you know, we get welfare checks with EMS or this or that or whatever. And it's like, Hey, listen, I need an ambulance. All right. Well, your closest ambulance is coming from Fenton or whatever. And it's like, listen, I can get this person there in my cruiser yeah. faster than like, you know what, just as long as it's not life threatening. Right. I mean, if it's not a right. life threatening thing, but you know, or even if it is sometimes, but it's like, you know what, we'll just cancel them. Like, well, we, we can get to Hurley in three minutes as opposed to waiting 33, you know, 33 <laughs> minutes, you know? So, and it's yeah. just, and honestly, so what's cool about, you know, being with MMR is that we now run the majority of the city calls. Mm-hmm. So we're with these guys and the, the police, the police department that really has not the resources to be constantly running people up to Hurley are the only ones running people up to Hurley. Everyone else waits. Yep. And it's, yep. But it's always been like that. My whole career has been like that. We have this psych dude needs to go to the hospital. You guys are good. We'll just we'll just take him. Yep. That's awesome. You know, it's. So in my last years, you know, my last few years of my career, it's cool to be one where I only have to do the medic stuff and run emergencies and do that thing. But two, to be kind of in this, in the city, like fully immersed in the city now, instead of every now and again, we pop a call, Mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely a whole other animal. Working in that city, working in that town, but you know, even it's some like of those the psych freaking places, Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is too. I was just telling, so I was, just, I was just having that conversation with somebody today. I think it was my barber, and I was like, "Man, it's," I was like, "You know, it's the Wild West." I was like, "We can go to a call from, you know, this this business alarm to there's a guy walking down Robert T. shooting guns off to okay, we cleared that up, got that taken care of. Now we got this domestic because." girlfriend got mad the boyfriend took the couch cushions or whatever and then now we're gonna go do this and you know i mean it's just no two nights are ever the same Mm -mm. um and we're we're busy i mean we have our slow times you know i mean it's (laughs) when you're running 20 calls as opposed to 30 right but you know and it's just but so but i will sometimes though with the psych patients like you know what we are gonna wait for ems on this one like he can they can they can ride with them like yeah. we're, we're, we're not taking this. Oh, time. absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, but like, what's funny too, man, is cause there's stuff that happens now that I've been at this so long. That's just like, we had a call in the city limits for a dude wearing, he was like wearing winter, like it was in the winter. So he had like Sorrells on, mm. nothing but chonies. So he's underwear Sorrells <laughs> and he had a Katana like on his, on his back, just walking. Nice. 
Nice. And like that, that call goes out and it's not even surprising. It gets plausible. Mm-hmm. Let's run this dude to Hurley. Yep. <laughs> That's so nice much. about it. That's fun. I'm cold. I'm like, all right. How long have you been out here? Like eight hours. All right. All right. Before hypothermia sets in, get you up for some hot coffee and a sandwich, brother. There we go. We had one like that back in the winter. The guy, you know where the 12th Street Yards are? Where like mm-hmm. all of our, you know, they fix all the cruisers and stuff. We get a call. Guy, we call earlier in the night. Guy ran away from one of the AFC homes, right? So we're out looking for him as we can between calls. And then we get a call for an alarm at the yards. So we go pulling up there, my partner and I. And you see this guy. You remember in Forrest Gump when he sees Lieutenant Dan, the wave that he does? That's what this guy did, standing in the doorway of this building, just sitting there, just waving. Same thing, just pair of boxers, no shirt. I think he might have had socks on. And he had like a little Nerf gun, just standing there just waving we're like hey buddy like let's get you i think we i think we had him go by via ambulance but like let's get you he's like yep he's like i got mad so i left and then i got cold so i broke this window and now here i am We're like all right well let's let's get you same thing let's go get you a coffee and a sandwich buddy (laughs) let's get you out here but (laughs) so good it didn't surprise us at all though we're like we just drive by like yep there he is just standing there just waving (laughs) like i'm ready to go home now okay (laughs) we got you pal oh buddy yeah, yeah. Nothing That's, in that city surprises me at all. Oh, man. So the cool but. thing is the so I I don't know. I'm an accountant. I have a four year private degree. Like my parents were a realtor and a nurse, but my mom really never like she wasn't in ER. She was in the ICU, but she didn't talk a whole lot about her job. But I don't have any like military in my family. Nothing. So I'm just like bookkeeper. I don't know what I'm doing, and I go on a ride along with Jim. And, um, I was, there's just so much, like I'm, I'm a great example of the everyday person that just has no clue. And so I've learned a lot in the last few years, um, hanging out with these guys and stuff. It's been (laughs) phenomenal. So, um, one of the really, really cool, that reminds kind of what we're talking about is that the, the call that we went on gym and the mother had fallen down and had a heart attack or something like that and everybody came to the house but it was also oh, yeah, like dude. a well-known house like mm-hmm. family business yeah. in the area type thing yep the fire yep. department was there the police so i think we're just going to a regular joe Schmo <laughs> call and we get there and it's like everybody from the city is here showing mm-hmm. up and it yeah. was i i know that there's like there's a brotherhood with the police, there's a brotherhood with fire, like all this stuff. But to see like everybody, I didn't realize how much everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really cool to see. And it was just really neat to see the interaction with like so many people from like the whole, the yeah. whole thing. Was, well, yeah. I mean, I know everybody cause I'm older than everybody. Well, yeah, like, that's I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I've always been here. <laughs> some of these you're, dudes. You're like, turning oh, into no. grandpa Moses. Jim. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how I get away with it. Cause they're like, this dude's older than <laughs> freaking rope, man. We may as well just let him run it. Right. With his flat brim hats and his vans, you know, this dude. <laughs> just leave him awesome. alone. <laughs> let him do it's his thing. Too, yep. We have a young supervisor that's like, he started chirping me a couple weeks ago. He's always getting a little long. And like our ops manager is like, just leave him alone. <laughs> 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 There's no point in this discussion. Just leave the old guy alone. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, man. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really. Well, thanks for having me. Really 
you know, I wanted to kind of spin yarn on your dad and stuff like that. You know, it was, like I said, I'm known as chaplain in the EMS world now in the fire department. And it was his idea. You know what I mean? And it was just, Mm. it was like, sincerely, it was super, my, my favorite days in the fire service was was building Grand Blank City. Absolutely. Then dipping out. You know, so. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on here again. It's always, it's always fun to be on here and talk to you guys. Absolutely. So, so, so I'm sure I'll see you. Probably not, man. I worked during the day, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on nights. So. <sighs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's the best time. We have a blast on our night shift. So, well. I will say this: so interesting for so next Wednesday, I am meeting a woman who I thought because she had had a, like a massive seizure and stroke. Mm-hmm. I thought she had died. As it turns out, she survived with little to no deficits. And on Wednesday, there's this whole MMR event, and my partner and I apparently are meeting her. Nice. Nice. I guess. I don't know how. I, <laughs> like, I honestly, at this point, I don't know how I feel about that. But she wants to meet us, and my boss said that we would be happy to. Right. Awesome. You And then told us. Hey, so you guys are coming. <laughs> I told her you guys would be happy to meet her. I'm like, thanks, Steve. We yep. will be. <laughs> he's a, my boss now is another one of those guys that just has that thing about him. Like, all right, whatever you say, man, I'll do it. Yep. So. Yep. That's how that's how my shift supervisors are. Oh, you want me to go do this? Okay. Whatever. Yep. You, you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, whatever. You want me to run through that wall? Okay, I'll go run through the wall. Like, it's, yep. it's the same thing. So It's the best, man. That's the cool... <laughs> That's a cool position to be in is have leadership where you're like, absolutely. Yep. You know, and, and being ex- experiencing the opposite of that, you know, I, I really have in, in these last couple, last few months, I really embraced the idea of having leadership where I'm like, I will absolutely do that. Definitely. It, it is. It's, yeah, there's nothing like it. It's it's pretty amazing to be able to have that. As opposed to stand back going, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. You yes, know? it's like okay, yeah. you want, okay, yeah. It's like you're you're almost excited, right? To for them to tell you to go do this. Maybe it's a ridiculous thing or not a ridiculous thing. Be like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Instead of questioning it, and like yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. So it's it's a, it's a good position to be in for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So. Well, well, all right, man. We'll All right, guys. Land the plane here, man. Thanks again for coming on. This will be up tomorrow. Okay. So awesome. If you want to? We'll get you the link or whatever. Share it out. Tell the people. Definitely. So, All right, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, as usual. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and thank you to Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders for making this possible. See you next time. <laughs>